Welcome back to the Bat Fan Show. I'm Mike. I'm Maz. How you been, man? I've been good. How about you? Good. I've been a bit of a break, you know? A little bit of a break, but we're back. And I'm excited because we have uh, something cool to talk about. So We do. Something that we like a lot. Something that, uh, did we go see it together when we were in college? I think we might have, actually. I think we might have. Yeah. It was, it was huge. Yeah. That was, it was a big event when this came out. So 10 years ago, this year, this summer, yes. as we're closing out summer now, yes. oh, it's October, it's summer's... It, we're in fall. We're in, the, we're, in the, we're in the falls of... We're in the throes of fall. Back in 2005, uh, Batman Begins was released. Yes. And I remember when this movie came out, there wasn't nearly the hype to it that there was... To Batman in 1989. No, there wasn't. I mean, to, to, it, it had there wasn't as much fanfare because the last Batman film that came out, a Batman film that came out, uh, was Batman and Robin, and it pretty much killed comic book movies as we knew it. And if you listen to our Batman and Robin episode, you can hear all about that. But hearing the new Batman movie was coming out, it was a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of skepticism, especially since Nolan, who was an untet, like he had two he had two films, he had Memento. And Insomnia. Right. And then he was going to do this Batman movie, and everybody's like, what? So it was new director, very fresh, coming in at a new take, which had not been done yet, this realistic look at comic book films. And just, I remember a lot of my friends at the time were very skeptical of the film. I mean, they were interested, but they were cautious, because everybody's looking for the, the toy plug-ins and everything else, like all the stupid bat armor and you know funky neon colors and stuff. And none of that was here. The Gotham that Nolan was presenting in the trailer was looked like a city. It didn't look like like uh, like Metropolis or something like that. Like it had it had a look that felt real. Didn't have that whole Anton first yes gothic look to it, or even the kind of neo noir look of the animated series that everybody had grown so attached to. Too. Yes, he said it more. Even though the first one was mostly in uh, L Street Studios, uh, in more of a real world, like yes. he wanted to make it real. He did shoot, you know, a lot of practical stuff in like Chicago and everything, mm -hmm. looking for for Gotham. Yeah, and the and the world that he built was something again we just hadn't seen in a very long time, or ever really for comic book movies, because the realistic comic book take was something of uh, it was either jokingly making fun of comic book films, like the uh, at the time we had um, the Tick. Right. And then, uh, and then you had stuff that was just trying to be a little bit more tongue in cheek, I guess. But it wasn't really trying to do the take he was doing. Well, after uh, you know, like we said, Batman and Robin pretty much killed you know Batman movies and comic book movies in general. It was a yeah. while before. Uh, it was the watershed made, moment. Yeah, it was a while before they made Blade, and then eventually they'd make uh, uh, X Men in two thousand, which yeah. start to kickstart uh, you know comic book movies again. Mm -hmm. I was one of the people who I, I was a I like X Men. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was not a big fan of the movie. I didn't mm -hmm. think. I think Hugh Jackman's great because he's Hugh Jackman and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, but the rest of it, uh, you know, it's it was cast well, but you know, it just it, Brian, went, it didn't really hit for me. On it. And and you know, I don't know if it was the costumes or the stories or just the 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 whole look of it. I was like, eh. I was like, it's all right. But at the same time, I wasn't like upset about it. Nolan went for something that was even more far um, I don't know if you would say far right or far left but even more realistic than what they were going for yeah X-Men was definitely a, a little bit a step toward that like non super bright colored film what made for kids right um, I think really 
with just to touch on X Men for a second, um, Brian Singer is a really good director, and I enjoy his stuff a lot. Like I enjoy his mysteries; he does good mystery movies. But he's—I don't think he's the best comic book director. Superman Returns was a mystery. Is the, the mystery how it got made? Yeah, I was, I was like, who greenlighted this? <laughs> like, I like Brandon Roth. He did a really good. I thought it was a he's good. Great. And every like the casting wasn't bad at all. Great Superman. But the story and the directing. Superman doesn't fight anything, and it's about real estate. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway, but back on track. Um, the X Men did kind of like do the, the baby steps. Yeah. But then Nolan took it into his natural conclusion. Right. Which was what we're in today. Right. Um, so Batman Begins just came and really sucker punched a lot of fans. Cause right. It was a good sucker punch. You enjoyed it. Well, there wasn't, uh, like you said, there wasn't a big merchandising bliss like there was when we were kids. Because Nolan doesn't lend himself to toys or yeah. action figures <laughs> or belts or something. I mean, now that kind of there was no Taco Bell collectors cup. Well, now that that uh, to that my knowledge, Bale Batman mask is kind of ubiquitous. Like yeah. you see it everywhere. Like that's Bat Dad. Yeah, I'm, you see. I'm it, yeah, you see it at Mets games. Yes, Bat Kid is always in that Bat yes. armor. You know what I'm saying? Because it's monochromatic, so yes. it's easier and stuff like that. Um, but Christian Bale was not a big star. Academy Award winner Christian Bale was yeah. not a big star. He was a character he actor. Cat, yeah. yeah. Um, and he just did The Machinist, I think, before. He did. He, that was his last movie before. Uh, and though they surrounded him with a lot of uh, big-name actors, older actors and stuff like that, mm-hmm. at the same time, you, I don't think this is one of the first movies in which Liam Neeson starts kicking serious ass. Yes, yes. You know I mean? Like, we start um, seeing the rise of the Liam Neeson re- that we exactly. know today. Yeah. He, he, Ra's al Neeson lies it. Ra's al Ghul would kick Kwai Jin's ass. Uh, <laughs> this one. Um... Uh, you know, but Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, uh, Rutger Hauer, Gary Oldman yeah. are not action movie stars, no, comic book movie stars, mm. you know what I mean? They're great actors and they're all really interesting choices. But again, you didn't know a lot about the movie going in, you just knew that it was uh, being rebooted. And it was the first time that a major property had been rebooted. Like now it's pretty common not place. common but it's happened a lot and you expect it when a mo- when a franchise doesn't start to do so well when they decide to reboot the fantastic four or they Ugh. decide to reboot yeah. superman or mm-hmm. spider-man mm-hmm. you get it because those movies are terrible and let's just forget about it and try something new spider-man wasn't bad though the originals except for three but you know i was actually i like the amazing spider-man more than i like the sam raimi spider really i think garfield's great as Peter I'll give Parker, you, I'll give you the Peter Parker character. Uh, him as Peter Parker, I'll give you that. But. And Emma Park, uh, Emma Stone, Stone. is—I I think she's great too. They have a really good chemistry, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know they were together and stuff like that. They're great. Um, I didn't even see the second one because it suffered from the same problem that they got in the first Super Spider-Man movies. There's just way too many bad guys in it. Yeah, and you're just starting not to care. So, mm-hmm. like, whatever. They, but anyway, we, we digress. The point is, they had never rebooted a superhero franchise before, a major franchise before, and this was coming off the heels of uh, Casino Royale, where they rebooted the Bond movies, and they were like, not only are we getting a new Bond, but we're getting a different Bond. We're getting an early Bond, like Mm -hmm. his first mission. We're going to make him much more realistic, a Mm -hmm. little bit more hardcore. This movie's not going to be like fun and jokey and stuff like that. And that was, uh, you know, a big influence to the producers of this one who were like, this is the character that we can do this with, and maybe this is the direction that we need to go to get away from the past, you know, campy Batman. Yeah, I about to say, the one thing that really set this movie apart was how Bale did do Batman in these films. Because Batman had a different, like, everybody does, voice! Everybody makes fun of that voice now. 
But at the time, it was a really cool thing because all the Batmans before had just been like Bruce Wayne in a mask. Like they had never really been Batman. Well, and in this case, it was the opposite. And I think once we're going to watch the movie later on, probably put a commentary uh, in track to the episode as well. But I think when we get onto it, you'll see the Batman voice that we all know and love slash hate yeah. or imitate. Yeah. Um, it grows. It's not really there in the first one. No. It's there a lot in the second one. Yes. And there a little bit in the. Th- it's there sometimes in the third one. When but, Batman shows up. But he <laughs> grows to it, and it's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It becomes uh, a part of the character as he becomes Batman he also becomes the Batman voice mm-hmm. but again that's what the movie does uh, exceptionally well is show you all these choices that he makes to become Batman mm-hmm. and uh, you know his different path there it's an origin story with uh, you know the weird kind of origin to it where everybody already knows why Batman's Batman Yeah, uh, everybody knows uh, you know kind of like we were talking about on the previous episode the year one Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that book is in this movie they've been developing the year one script and the treatment Mm -hmm. for that film before they uh you know handed it over to christopher nolan which is another weird thing is uh you know the warner brothers decided they wanted to go towards more of an auteur route with it and they were looking at darren aronofsky and then they went to chris nolan like they were looking for a younger independent type filmmaker instead of saying oh Wolfgang Peterson can do it when yeah. he was looking at you know Batman Superman mm-hmm. or George Miller can do it when they were looking at Justice League they didn't, mm-hmm. they weren't looking for that type of filmmaker they were looking for a filmmaker to make their Batman and you know at, we look back on it now we're like oh Nolan's Batman is brilliant but it was a big kind of bet for them to you know put all the chips on him at the time it really paid off for him really well. Well, of course, yeah. We can look back and say that. And But at that time, like you said, it was a huge risk. Like, Nolan was pretty much an unknown, uh, unless you were really into indie films. Uh, again, like, the casting was strange. Like, you had Michael Caine, which is always a safe bet, but he was playing a butler, which, again... Which he didn't. He just played Michael Caine. Yeah, he had Michael Caine. <laughs> he was Michael Caine. <laughs> and you don't do the broken voice <laughs> when he gets very Size emotional. Size of Tangerine. <laughs> But anyway, so it, the casting was strange. But again, this kind of but this is like something that kind of falls in line with Hollywood when you do these kind of films. Like look at Pulp Fiction, when that revitalized Bruce Willis's career and uh, Travolta's career and everything. And that was weird casting left and right in that film. That was an independent film. It was. It wasn't a big studio picture. It wasn't a franchise. It wasn't like they're like we need John Travolta to play Batman. But you have John Travolta stabbing uh, Uma Thurman in the heart with a with a needle because she's OD'd. That was awesome. No, it's a great scene. <laughs> but you know. That's something like as a as a studio like that's really odd to put together in general because John Travolta at that point while he did do dramatic films it wasn't anything as gritty or weird as Pulp Fiction. Right. So it, it, it's it seems like whenever you do these kind of big bets when you do like the odd choices it, they really do pay off for movies or when you hear about movies having extremely difficult production shoots you know it's going to be a good movie typically typically. So also in this in Batman Begins. Um, there's it's a while before Batman shows up. Yes, uh, you know he's he's got kind of several iterations of a costume or sort of a costume before he actually becomes Batman. Um, but in it, he fights the Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul, which are two characters who were never in a Batman film before. No, they weren't. Uh, they were not in the Batman. Uh, they were not in the '66 series. No, they weren't. They were relatively either newer or, in Ra's al Ghul's case, pretty much unknown to people outside of the Batman kind of 
uh, fan universe. And he he makes it work really well. He brought him into the limelight for sure, right? And made people. I mean, obviously, you make him aware because it's in the movie. But it was a, it was an interesting route to take again because you're, again you're not bringing anything to the table like Joker or Riddler or or Penguin or anything. You're not trying to reboot those characters yet. Right. And, and even though I think they probably could have made, I think the safer bet would have been to be more like Year One, be more practical in having him just take on the mob. Yeah. Which is kind of the underlying theme of him going after... That's there in this crime. one, but it's just, it's kind of there. It's right, but at the same time, then he's got to deal with, you know, Scarecrow and uh, League of Shadows, yes. for some reason. Uh, because you can't say assassins, because then you know right away that they're bad guys. Yeah. Um, when they're shadowy, though, they, they when can go shadowy, away. Like, yeah, you know, Everybody's got a shadow. Everybody's got a shadow. You know, like my shadow's not my evil. It's just there when it's you know, and not my cloudy. Shadow. Exactly. Anyway. So again, here's an unknown actor playing Batman. He's fighting some characters that you don't even know or can barely pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie takes place in China. Yes. Um, Is it China? I thought it was Japan. Uh, it's frozen wherever they're at. So. It's it's, fr- it's Asia. <laughs> Asia. It takes place in Asia. Um, I thought it was I thought it was Chinese. I thought they made references to him being in. It Chinese could movie. actually, you know, it probably is China. It's a bit, but I'm actually looking forward to watching the movie later because it's been a bit since I've seen this. Totally, movie. totally. I love the movie. I, when I rewatched it the other day, I forgot how much fun it is and mm-hmm. how much things are in the movie. It's just like that's pure Batman. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so cool. The, some of the different things he does. And I remember saying it 10 years ago when I first walked out of the movie, and I'll say it again now, the moment that it coalesces for me, and I'm like, oh, what an amazing movie this is, is when they show him, you know, they have the montage of him yeah, putting his outfit yeah, together yeah. and getting, the, getting mm-hmm. the armor ready and everything. And he puts, they show him putting radios yeah. in his ear. And I'm like, of course he has radios in his ear. They've never showed him putting <laughs> radios in his ear. You know what I mean? And up until I think... Um, it made sense the reason why he even had them. I think I've talked about it before, but up until like the prestige, I always thought my opinion was always that Nolan was very careful about what he didn't show you. Yeah. Whereas now he kind of gives the audience a little bit more slack and knows that most of them are trying to catch up to him. So he takes pain to show you a lot of things. Um, but in that one, like that, that just made it for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, this is a real Batman that really exists. Mm-hmm. He's going out and he's kicking major ass because he's super rich. The fact that they just make him a ninja and then he decides to put on a mask and a cape, yeah, is great. And the other thing that I, I mean, obviously that was really cool with me was seeing the Lucius Fox development with right. him and in that relationship. Another and character who, again, not in the television series, no, n- I don't believe he's in the animated series, save for maybe one or two episodes. I think he's referenced. Yeah. Another one who is not well known. You know what I mean? And again, was brought up into the limelight in yeah. this film, and now we can't imagine. The, the series without Lucius Fox. In that, in Batman Begins, really the only characters you know that are like well-known and central to the Batman universe are Batman, Alfred, and Lieutenant Gordon. Yeah, he's not commissioner he's yet. He's not even captain yet until yeah. the end of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are basically the only three dudes you know in it. You would have to have a, uh, you know, a well-versed knowledge of uh, the comic books and the, uh, you know, the, the extended universe to know who... Detective Flass and Lucius Fox yeah. and Ra's al Ghul and uh, whole, all these other people are in the movie, even though they're referred to or you know kind of so, obliquely referenced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not they're not well known. It really is you know. A, a, and if you are a fan, if you are a fan of the 
comic book and cartoons and everything else. Uh, you do notice the differences, because that's the one thing that Nolan Phillips have always been criticized by fans, is the changes he's made to characters in order... Like, the Rachel character that was just completely added in right. for the reference for the audience in order mm -hmm. to catch up and be explained to without seeing forced. Right. Um, and also played by obscurely... You know, I wouldn't say obscure, but, but actresses, you're going, why? Okay. Katie Holmes is... You know... An interesting choice. It was. In it a, was. In a film full of interesting choices... She was probably the most interesting. Not to say she has to be a bombshell or anything, but they went for the more normal, ordinary girl. But really, Katie Holmes, I haven't, I haven't been paying attention to her at all for a, a good decade or two because, you know, I never watched Austin's Creek. Interesting in the fact that... Sorry. They did not bring her back. No, they did not. To reprise the role. Whether it was her choice or theirs, she didn't come back no. to the character again. Um, they cast a... Actress who's you know known as like a teen TV star, yeah, who hadn't done a lot of the serious roles uh, to play a district attorney, <laughs> and the person who keeps putting Bruce Wayne in his place, yeah, it's a tough sell. It, 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 but then again, like you said, the character is only there for that reason. Yes, like that's kind of really her only point. You probably could have done it with any with. Uh, I think I just there come out there are a couple of actresses I could. I could probably have seen in that role. Yeah, but you could have named her, uh, you know, you could have made, made her Vicky Vale or Silver St. Cloud or Julie Madden. Yeah, you could yeah. have made her anybody and she could have done the same thing pretty but much. she pretty much had red shirt written on her in general because of the fact she was not canonical in any way. Right. So, But like, then, then they didn't kill her and then I was really disappointed. No, you had to wait for the second <laughs> film for that to happen. Uh, yeah. But then it was Maggie Gyllenhaal and I didn't want her to die. I know. I was like, <laughs> no, Maggie, why? <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but the the thing that was interesting for me was I like the Ra's al Ghul character like to kind of talk about what the fans who were going like that's how this character was and stuff. like the Ra's al Ghul character for me was always interesting because it was like detective like it always went for the detective angle with with uh, with Batman and like I've stated before the detective side of Batman is the most interesting one for me right um, and that's why I always like to play back and forth between Ra's al Ghul and and Batman because of the fact that there was more of a detective vibe with that whole thing. Um, would I say that I, I, when I was watching the film, I was like, did I hate the fact that it wasn't there? No. I enjoyed it. The thing I always give slack to whenever the adaptations is that this is a different Batman. This is a different way of doing it. This is a completely different character in some cases. And, um, you just let certain things go. Because it's never going to translate completely. Like, case in point, like the Watchmen movie, when that was made. Um, I'm a big fan of the Watchmen comic. My wife is too. She loves it. And we saw a movie, and we enjoyed it. You let, but the thing is, there's certain things you let go. Like, there's certain cases, like, I'm like, oh, I would have held that shot longer, or I would have, like, you know, in your head you edit it. But I feel like today a lot of fans uh, have high, high expectations of comic book films because of Batman Begins. Like, it had a high watermark for other comic book films to hit because of the fact it came out of left field in the way it did. Even sure. though it kind of led up to it from other, it was on the shoulders of other films. But it really did it in its own style that it felt like it just was its own original thing. Well, it's like you said, 10 years on now, we can look back at it and say, here is, you know, this genre-changing film that's going to change comic book movies as we know them forever by a, I mean, one of the most important American directors of, you know, at least the last decade is in his prime mm -hmm. is he american or british because i know the player I, I mean he makes american films but yeah you know he, uh, he like him he's he so weird no i know he is british but i'm saying working within the american studio system yes yes you know what i'm saying yes. Work, working through warner brothers and stuff yeah like yeah that. that's true making huge huge uh 
uh, blockbuster movies, mm -hmm. you know, once every couple years and stuff like that. With his um, piercing blue eyes. And his all black clothes. Yeah, the dude always rocks black. <laughs> I like it, man. It's, I mean, it's a style thing. It's simple, yeah. He's like Einstein. He can't be bothered to... I mean, Rami wears... He's thinking about movies. It's true. He's thinking about what he's going to wear. I about to say, Rami wears a suit every day to, to set. So yes. I guess, you know, every director's got their thing. I think probably Wes Anderson does, too. I can see everybody. But his is more, like, hip. Like, it's got, like, the trousers are a little too short to the sock, oh, sock show or something. That's unfair. <laughs> I'm just... I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's probably the style of suit he does. Watchmen mm -hmm. is because of... This Dark, movie. Yeah, because of Batman Begins. And Dark Knight, Man of Steel. All, all the DC movies, clearly... Um, but also, I mean, one goes with the other, and the you know the Marvel movies are served as you know the counterpoint to the DC movies, yeah. and where they're like, oh, Batman Begins a little bit more dark, a little bit more realistic. We're gonna make Iron Man, we're gonna make it a little light. We're gonna have a little bit of fun with it and stuff like that. But Marvel wasn't like if you looked at the whole like the other Marvel films before. They really started no, finding the group. They, they was did basically their, they Batman. They did their Ang Lee, yeah. It was yeah. basically Batman, they like Daredevil. They were trying to be, they're trying to be, you know, hard and gritty about it too and stuff like that. But they just they realized it didn't work for them. Yeah, their characters are different than DC characters. Yes, you know, and they got you know to what works best for them and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But again, Batman Begins, uh, like I said, changes what we know as comic book movies now, and really, uh, I mean. Paved the way for a lot of not only how movies are made, or not only how comic book movies are made, but just movies in general. Like, if you don't have Batman Begins, you don't have Dark Knight. And if you don't have Dark Knight, then the Academy doesn't expand to 10 picture nominees yeah. for Best Picture. Because that is a direct response to how well Dark Knight did financially and critically as a movie and was snubbed you know, for Academy Award consideration and stuff like that. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? All these things that we kind of look at now, they all lead back... To Batman Begins. To Batman Begins. And again, like we said, huge bet, huge gamble. It's, it's great that it paid off because it is a really good movie. It's really fun. I mean, I'm looking, I would say it's light, no. but I think it's fun because it's cool and there's action. It's not... Um, not too scary for kids. It's not a kids movie. No, no, no. It's not built. It's not built to sell toys. Right. I mean, even though there were toys, you didn't really. I didn't really have an inkling to buy them because you know the toys are terrible. Yeah, the toys were just not good looking. Whoever modeled those were terrible. But it wasn't built to sell toys. It was built to be a film, not a. a pop I mean, you do eat the popcorn, but it wasn't like a popcorn feature where you're like, oh, I'm just gonna tune out. Like you had to pay attention. So, Definitely. and the one thing I'm looking forward to with this film. At least watching it, again, I haven't watched it in a long time, so I'm actually looking forward to seeing how it holds up since after, you know, uh, The Dark Knight Returns, or not Returns, that's, that's Batman Returns, uh, Dark Knight Rises, and then um, Dark Knight Falls? No, that's that know. book. I'm looking at the comic book on my table. Oh. Uh, uh, the All the Batman movies since... Let's go with that. Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Thank you. Yes. That's it. I was trying to Two, put two and three. Yes. <laughs> two and three. So, but everybody focuses on two. So the one, the first one's the one that's kind of like neglected out of the three, really. Yeah, I think people, uh, you know, obviously the second one, The Dark Knight, is held in such high regard. Uh, pretty flawless as a film. Um, Heath Ledger's performance obviously gives it that kind of, that sense of nostalgia, even though it's, you know, not even ten years old. Doing his Tom Waits impression yeah, the entire time. It it really attaches people emotionally to it because mm -hmm. he's kind of at the core of that movie. Um, and Dark Knight Rises was uh, so recent and so different. 
I think. It was... Uh, I, 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 I don't... We could do a comparison of the three later, but it's... I, I don't know. I like three. I'm weird. I don't I dislike it. it. The yeah. more I watch it, the more I like different things about it. Uh-huh. I like it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Anytime we get to see Batman... Batman in the daylight? Yeah, right? Batman like during that. daytime. Batman and Catwoman fighting people on the roof? I like that. Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Batman flying and not the Batwing? That's... Okay. Um, the hovercraft. The, the bat, Mr. Wayne. I just call it the bat. Oh, man, I can't wait till we watch it again and we get to the Tumblr. Oh, I know. I love it. It's so good. I, I'm already getting excited. You getting ready to... Uh, you want to watch it? Yeah, I'm down to watch it. I'm down to watch it. Well, that about wraps it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be kind of a short episode, but we're just really excited to watch Batman Begins again. If you got, I, I, I know I'm, I'm definitely, definitely excited because, again, I haven't seen this movie in years. So I remember it fondly, but, you know, instead of going, oh, I just saw it last year, but last year was like seven years ago. It would be like, oh, like it's going to be us going like, ah, oh, like mine's blowing. And then also... Being able to make some, I think we'll make some pretty good quippy jokes while we're watching it because there's gonna be some pretty open. It's gonna be uh, good. We, I, I mean, we had a good time watching Batman and Robin doing that commentary, mm. and that film's terrible. That so. film is freaking yeah, atrocious. I'm sure we're gonna, I'm sure we're gonna have a good time. With yeah, Batman. I think we will. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on the iTunes now. I know, right? High five. Ah, Batman's is uh, Batman shows on iTunes. Go ahead we're, and we're officially, we're officially cool. We're one of the kids now. Yeah, review us, rate us, do Please. all those things that they do on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Batman Show, and on Tumblr, Batman Show as well. Yes. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Maz. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, guys.